my fifth year, they offered me a raise and I said, keep your raise. I want every Friday off. And they're like, this is, this is before everybody even worked from home. Like nobody worked from home at this time. And they're like, what? Okay, so you wanna work like four tenths? I'm like, no, 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 no. We're gonna have 32 hours a week and you're still gonna give me benefits. And they're like, okay, well, I don't even know if that's possible with HR. I'm like, well, you know, get back to me. Let me know. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to Working Girl Talk. I'm your host, Abby Sufelt. Working Girl Talk is the podcast for the woman who works, where we provide working girl tips and tricks to help you in your career, as well as awesome boss women interviews. Thank you so much for joining me today. As it's episode 50, halfway to 100, I thought I'd do a little intro uh, explaining the show a little bit, because maybe we have some new people today. So as I said, it's episode 50, such a cool milestone in the podcast world. I can't believe it's been 50 episodes so far. And actually this past week was my one year anniversary of running the show. Um, As you can tell, there was two weeks where we took off last year, which for a new show, hey, like, you know, that's pretty good. And as you probably remember, one of them was when I hit a log with my car on a drive. (laughs) So it was just too crazy to do an episode that week. Then the other one was, I think, Christmas or Thanksgiving. I don't really remember, but 50 episodes in, super excited. I hope Working Girl Talk has been providing value for you. I have learned so many lessons along the way, and I hope you have uh, done the same. And I'm super grateful for everyone who tunes in each week. And as always, if anything ever resonates with you, please leave a review. That's how um, iTunes, Spotify, all these different algorithms send the podcast out to more people, kind of like that whole Instagram algorithm thing that we're all trying to figure out. Yeah. So reviews are always appreciated and I love hearing your feedback. If you ever have a guest idea or a topic that you want me to cover or a guest to cover, please DM me, email me, uh, leave a review, all that kind of stuff because I love the feedback. So thank you for coming along with us on 50 episodes. So I hope you're doing well during this quarantine time still. We have some positive news stories for you in this week's news segment. And then an awesome interview today, as you heard a clip from, with Diana Elizabeth. So let's dive right in. First story from TechCrunch, YouTube launches a free DIY tool for businesses in need of short video ads. This is pretty dang cool. YouTube launched a new tool this week aimed at small businesses that just need simple, low-cost ways to create videos, but may not have the creative experience, technical know-how, or budget required to do so. So the YouTube Video Builder is the new tool and it's just simply called that, which is very nice. It's been in testing for a while with a small group of customers for months, but it's been rushed to release because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So really just getting um, another or another resource in small business owners' hands where in-person video shoots are no longer an option and many small businesses are strapped for cash. So this is going to be another creative way to make some videos, video ads, all that good stuff. So that's a super exciting, positive thing. So if you are a business owner and need some video ads, definitely go check that out. Next story, as you probably saw on Instagram this week, Instagram adds stickers for restaurants to sell gift cards and food delivery, according to The Verge. So Instagram is trying to make it easier on all of us and for small businesses to spread the word about how people can support them during the COVID-19 pandemic. 
This week, the company announced that businesses and creator accounts can now include stickers in their stories that direct people to a website where they can order food, delivery, or buy gift cards. Tapping the sticker will bring people to a website and they can complete their order there. And businesses can also include stickers that link out to a fundraiser built on Facebook too. So these stickers can be added to business profiles too as a permanent button. So same as usual, if you like want to add a gift or something on your story, do that swipe up and you see that stay at home sticker. Now you'll see that uh, restaurant sticker. And if you click it, it will, I already clicked it yesterday because I didn't know what it was before I read the article. <laughs> and you click it and you see all these different options for like food delivery services like Grubhub and all that stuff. So it makes it pretty easy. So hopefully our small businesses and restaurants specifically can get some love this way. Next story from TechCrunch, PayPal, Intuit, and Square are approved to offer small business loans through coronavirus relief program. So all these financial tech companies have been lobbying for weeks to be able to participate in the U.S. government's emergency lending program for small businesses. Now those efforts have paid off. So PayPal, Intuit, and Square, which are all big tech companies, I'm sure you've heard of them, have all been approved to participate in the U.S. Small Business Administration's Paycheck Protection program. What a mouthful. (laughs) So this provides aid in the form of forgivable loans for small businesses that keep all employees on their payroll for at least eight weeks. These companies got approved. If you want any more information about that, just type in those companies and I'm sure you'll find it. So this is just another way for small businesses to get some loans during this time. And let's get right into our working girl guest of the week. I am super excited. So today's guest is Diana Elizabeth. She is a photographer, blogger, influencer, creative, storyteller, all the things. Her career journey is super inspiring. She studied journalism at the University of Arizona. She participated in pageants and ended up working in Hollywood and working on TV shows and e-news, which we talk about. You know I had to ask all about that. She worked at a newspaper, then entered the corporate world, but she left that all behind to pursue her graphic design and photography side hustle at the time and turn that into her, her career. Now she's grown her own personal brand on social media through blogging and storytelling and making connections and relationships with other local outlets. She's faced a lot of different situations throughout her career, and she has amazing insight for the working girls and working guys. We're all like everyone come join. So we talk about approaching people on the red carpet and just in life in general, salary negotiations, having a healthy social media mindset, and so much more. Please enjoy my interview with Diana Elizabeth. So thank you so much. I'm super excited to have you on Working Girl Talk. Right off the gate, I want to do like a little brief intro. So if you were meeting someone for the first time, how would you introduce yourself? Well, without giving my whole life story, (laughs) I got to where I'm at. I am currently a lifestyle blogger focusing on home and garden based in Phoenix, Arizona. Awesome. Love it. Okay. So now we're going to dig right into the deep stuff. So we're going to go all the way back childhood era. So have you, because your job right now, currently you have to be really creative and balance a lot of things. Have you always been like that creative type, that entrepreneurial type, or did that come later in life? Well, I get my entrepreneurial shit from my dad. So he's full-time, like did it on his own, had consultations and things like that. My creativity is from my mom. And I was cleaning out my childhood room, like elementary. Um, and I found this box that said art 
And I was like, oh gosh, I've always been creative. So I think that's always been something that's been in me, but I never thought I would be my own boss. That was never a goal of mine. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dad always told me, he's like, you'll make more money being your own boss. And I'm like, I don't have the guts to ever do that. And I don't even know how, like, what would I ever do? And so that was never a goal. Like I really fell into what I'm doing. I don't want to say accidentally, but um, effortlessly, I guess is Mm -hmm. the right word. Awesome. And then I guess, how does that happen? So I know you ended up studying journalism. So in like, I guess let's go back to like high school. Like what was your dream job? I wanted to be editor of a New York fashion magazine. I would subscribe to every single magazine that existed that was based in New York, which I think most of them were. Like, um, I think YM was still around at the time, Teen, Vanity Fair, which I was still too young to even understand any of them <laughs> in there, but I just had to have that. Um, my parents let me subscribe to all of them. So every month I would have like a stack of like 15 to 20 magazines. Like it was kind of like my research and I was editor of my, co-editor of my high school newspaper, editor of the Larry magazine. I was in uh, the yearbook staff member features editor, like I, I think I was, was I even an editor in your book? I don't even know if I was, I was just <laughs> too many things. Um, and I just wanted to move to New York and pretty much doubles where's product. I mean, that movie didn't mm. even come, wasn't even in existence when I was in high school, but like that was my dream. Was mm. that. So I decided to pursue a journalism degree. I went to the university of Arizona. I wanted to get, I'm from Northern California. So I wanted to get far away from home, but like not too far, you know, just like yes. enough. So that was like a one and a half hour plane ride. So I'm like, okay. Um, and yeah, I pursued a journalism degree and had a BA in journalism and my minor was political science. I actually thought that maybe I would be a political correspondent one day. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> There's absolutely no way. But, um, so on the side, I always did like the fun journalism stuff mm-hmm. And that's where it started was really high school. Mm -hmm. So through your college journey, you mentioned to me that you um, did some pageants in your 20s. Was that during college or how did that come about? Yeah, so I started, well, I did my very, very first pageant in high school. I was 15 or 16 years old. Did it for fun. It was like the day before school even started. And I had a blast. Like I made like top, I don't even know what it was, top 10, top 15. <laughs> it was fun and went to school and then that was it. I, when I went to University of Arizona, I saw something for the Fiesta Bowl Queen and Court and I looked it up and it was like free jewelry, free wardrobe. And of course, like to any college kid, you're like, what is that? <laughs> like, I want free stuff. So I looked it up and I was like, that's cool. So it was not really a pageant, but that was more of an interview process. So it's based upon academics, community involvement, ton of interviews. And the very last interview to make it to the top four, which is Queen and Court, you're in a room full of people and you don't know who the judges are. So your job is to go out there and just be a spokesperson and talk. Like just, just what? Okay. I, by the end of the night, my face was so sweaty. Like we took a photo a group photo. And I remember I was like oily and sweaty. Cause like, that's how like when I get nervous, <laughs> that's, like, what I was like so out of my comfort zone. And when I got picked, like that just changed a lot of my personality. It made me a lot more outgoing cause I was pretty shy. And I would, that wasn't a pageant, but it started my pageantry after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, uh, I joined like, uh, Miss the Miss America system. And then I did the Miss USA system later in my mid twenties. So in college it was Fiesta Bowl and the Miss America system. 
That's awesome. And I know you mentioned to me before this that, um, that those skills there actually help transfer into like negotiations or like any like these life skills that you end up using later on. Can you kind of dive into those and how that um, impacted you in more ways than just what the typical person would think a pageant would affect? Yeah, um, it's funny. My husband and I were talking about this the other day. He was like, if I ran my own business, what kind of people would I hire? Like, you would hire a former pageant girl is who you would hire. And he was like, you're right. Like I, my girlfriends are so hardworking, so ethical, so well-spoken, polished and pageantry. It, it does that for you. And I didn't realize that going in, I honestly did it because I loved community service. I wanted to, I don't know, I want a pretty dress. Like, let's just try things. Like the whole point of college is to try everything you don't have to be good at all of it. Just try it all. And so when I did that and then, you know, earned some scholarship money, and I was a pretty cheap pageant girl. Like I wasn't like one of the um, career pageant girls that are out there. Like I was like, I just spent money on a dress. I like bought a used dress from like another contestant. Like I just kind of wanted to have fun. Uh, there's interviews. I mean, you have to prepare for it. You, there's posture and you have to walk in the bikini in front of people with a spotlight. So it's a lot of um, preparation. And I think that was what it was for me was self-discipline. And I think a lot of girls will say that a lot of women will say that is it's self-discipline to make yourself the best version that you can be. And your competition is not necessarily the girl, the other girls on stage, because you can't compete with that. And I think in the world, we have to remember that. And that's the mentality that I have is whether you are doing the same thing as everybody else, you all bring something different to the table. And so you shouldn't look at people as competition, but just be the best version of yourself. I just change, you know, in pageantry, they always say like five different judges, different outcome, different day. And so you never know what's going to happen. So you just have to take away those learning experiences. So I found that I... I've really come out from pageantry with, I mean, great lifelong friendships. Also, just the hard work ethic. And I have done many times. So I used to joke with my husband when he gets mad over not getting something for jobs or whatever. I'm like, you should have done pageants. If you lost a ton of pageants, you would be fine. Like, it would just roll <laughs> off the back. Like, I have thick skin because of, because of pageantry. That's so cool. And honestly, as you were saying all those different things, I was thinking about like, wow, everything you said applies to so many different areas of life. Like when you're talking about like not comparing, like right away, I was like, oh, that's kind of like social media. I'm sure like, especially in the field you're in now, that's a great mindset to have because you can easily fall into that or even thinking about, oh, like, is it a competition? It's not, I can't like, you can't compete with anyone because no one's the same. Like that's kind of like maybe when you're up against someone for a job or even uh, back to social media. So it really does apply to everything as you're saying that I was like wow <laughs> oh yeah uh, and that's something that like I, I still struggle with sometimes though but I have to remind myself like I've been through this before this is not we're not competing we all have different goals some of us just want to get scholarship money and be on stage and get all the free food and stuff <laughs> you know and not make it to Miss America because I would literally freeze um like doing talent or there's some who do want to be Miss America so we're all in it for different reasons. And I think social media is another thing is realizing that there's some people who have mouths to feed, have to save up for a kid's college education. Um, they are the breadwinner. And then there's some who might just have a, a, as a side hustle. And mm -hmm. so this isn't a big thing. So I think if we stop comparing, everyone's on a different journey anyway. Yes. So true. So true. Okay. So back to this college journey. So how I, you have 
some really interesting experience. So upon graduation, what was your first job? How did that process go? My first job was PA, which is a production assistant at the Sharon Osbourne show. Ooh, very cool. Uh, so what's crazy though, was it was either applied to Sharon Osbourne show or Ellen. Oh. Like that's when they first started. Well, and when I graduated, the Osbournes, remember on MTV? I don't yes. Know okay. <laughs> I do remember. That was like a hot thing, right? And mm-hmm. Ellen DeGeneres was not at all where she is now. So I'm like, I'm just going to go apply for share. Like, that thing's not going to, Ellen's not going to work. <laughs> like 20 years later, I'm like, oh, but you know what? Life would have been different. So I yeah. like the way life is now. Um, so I was a PA for a Sharon Osbourne show. It was very brief. I mean, pretty much I was like a gopher. I mean, a lot of things like came to fruition, like my ideas became guests on the show, but it was short lived um, because it was only their first season. But, you know, Hollywood is always changing. And so I ended up getting a job actually at E! Entertainment, which was my dream network. I had watched it in college. And I worked for E! Online as a red carpet reporter, ghostwriter. So my boss was on air, and she's still currently on air. Um, Kristen Dos Santos now is her name. She's Kristen Beach at the time. And so, you know, every night in L.A., there's 10, 20 red carpet events and you can't go to all of them as one person. So I would go to the ones that she couldn't go and report for her and she would just write it up. Oh, that's really cool. I need to hear more about that. (laughs) So was that just like, (laughs) like I complained going and having that job and I'm like, I would do that again at a heartbeat. It was so fun. (laughs) Well, yeah. Like how was that? Was that crazy? I feel like Hollywood never sleeps. So was that just like, a hectic, like crazy experience. Craziest stories, like the people. <laughs> like I got, I don't even. Want to, I'm not gonna give names because it's not appropriate. But like I got hit on by people from shows as like a 21 year old. I'm like, you're like 45. <laughs> um, but you, so when you go to the red carpet, there's a like a piece of paper with your uh, media outlet name on it. So I would always look for E online, and I would be always next to ET, like the actual on-air ETV, you know, we'd always be together with Alice. So we you'd get to know a lot of the people on, on the red carpet. Um, I'm going to interview Paris Hilton. That was back when The Simple Life was on. A lot of the, you know, the TV actors, that was more of my um, subject that I had to cover. It was fun. I mean, I had a lot of unique experiences that I don't take for granted. And I did that for a year. How, because I'm sure like talking to someone, like even like Paris Hilton, maybe that's a little nerve wracking. Like I'm sure you're more like, oh, like I got this than maybe someone like someone else. But like, how did you like prepare yourself for that? Because I could see a lot of people being like nervous or maybe not knowing what to say. So how did you even prepare for those? And I guess, how did you boost your confidence to do those sort of interviews? Well, I mean, I can't be as nervous as they are nervous about what I'm going to ask them. Right? Because you have the power. (laughs) Right? Like, think about it. So I was like, okay. I mean, I would do, I would study up on the shows. I couldn't watch all the shows. Like, some of them were like not, I, no, no, no. Like, I wasn't (laughs) watching shows. So I would just ask, like, what's going on with the show? What's your character coming up? You know, the generic. Um, You do have to read the person and know their vibe. Some are just a little more shy than others. Um, Paris is pretty quiet. Nicole Richie was like, she actually went to U of A briefly. So we kind of connected. Oh, that. oh that's cool. Um, I know. It was like, she, she didn't have to go, you know, and so <laughs> she, um, she was cool, but I, gosh, there was a time. Oh my goodness. I, you have to be smart 
about the way you approach things. So I remember my boss told me, or someone had to ask me, like, because sometimes I would do for different outlets, well, E, but like it would be either TV wants to know it or online. And somebody had a sex tape come out and they were like, Diana, ask her about it. I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm going to get kicked off. Like, there's no, will never be able, are you kidding me? And, you know, I was only 21, maybe 22 at the time. Like, how do you say things? How do you even ask without making that person uncomfortable? But it was my job. Mm-hmm. And so the way that I approached it is I just asked her different questions. And then um, at the end, as a friend, I was like, how are you doing with what's mm-hmm. going on? And she was like, thanks for asking. And we, I worked it into that kind of an angle, not just like, hey, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's about approach. And I think that was something that I had to be smart about because you don't want to offend somebody who's going to give you information that you need for your job. And there are the moments where you absolutely need soundbite the winner of America's Next Top Model, but she's running into the event because she's the last one in and she's late. And so you have to scream out a question. And so that's where um, I think gumption comes in is you just have to um, just go for it because it's your job. That's so cool. And then I guess for somebody who wants to get into that more like entertainment journalism, how did that process go? Was it just like from the connections you made at the Sharon Osbourne show or maybe might be a little different now, but no matter what, that's a competitive job and industry to get into. So was it relationship building or how did that come about? Yeah, my degree was in journalism. So it was important for me to get those internships. So college, I mean, ever since freshman year, I had an internship. It was like PBS, you know, it's not like I wanted to do Teletubbies, but it was still a network. Yes. So every summer I had an internship and it didn't have to be something crazy or someplace, you know, exotic like LA, but the summer before my senior year, it was Los Angeles. And I went to um, job fairs. I networked with HR. I, it's all about networking in journalism. I mean, it's networking in general for life that I think everyone needs to remember and to be a connector and not to necessarily be what can you give me? It's how can I connect you with this person and what can I give you? And the more that we have that mindset, the more people will want to connect us with others. And so I just really connected with a lot of the networks and then I had internships and then in um, producers, no other producers, you know, they go on hiatus for the summer. So they know, oh, these people, this crew is working on this show, this show's coming up. Um, so it was always constant networking for me at an early stage of college. And so that's how I got in to knowing that those Ellen was hiring and so was Sharon Osbourne show. And that's how I landed something. And then, so when I left, um, Sharon Osbourne show, it was my connection, Sharon Osbourne show. Hey, my former boss at E is looking for an assistant and put us together. So everything has happened because another person introduced me and I always want to pay it forward and make sure you help others. Yes. Love that. That's such a good tip. I feel like connections and making those relationships matter and not just surface level. So helpful for getting, I guess, maybe even like the next step, but also just to like be friends with people. Like that's awesome too. (laughs) So when I was a senior in college, I was part of the Asian American Journalism Association. Like be in those networks, whatever you are, there's like a place for you and an association. So find them. And so I was in it and they did like a tiny little like square blurb on like their members. And I was a student member and they said that where I had interned and it was Los Angeles and it was, I went to Extra, Celebrity Justice and KNBC. So I juggled those three within um, a summer internship. And a girl who was also in the group, um, 
found my email and she was like, I want to intern at Extra next year. She was a year below me at University of Washington. She's like, can you help me? And I was like, absolutely. Like, why wouldn't I? You know, like I just, it didn't even occur to me not to help her. So I did. And she got the internship at Extra. So we are really good friends now. But what was interesting is, so I I was a year above her. She was interning at Extra and I was looking for a job again. And she said, come into the office again, bring your resume and I'll walk you through the newsroom. And, and like, that was her way of thanking me. And it like, you don't find a lot of people like that. And she's like, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. And I think that it's really rare that we can find people like that. But I think if you could be that person first, you're going to gravitate um, people, like-minded people who will help you. Yes, that is, that's awesome. That's so cool. Um, so something, I think it was like one of the first like blogs I ever read of yours was your leaving corporate America to become a full-time entrepreneur. I think I might be skipping a few steps, but I want to dive into that whole journey. So you leave E and you end up going to corporate life soon after that, or do you end up going so you go up to Arizona? Okay, so after E. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah, okay, I, um, I remember I was looking for a job because I just, it's just Hollywood. And I remember sitting, like my car busted, like a hose broke or something. And I was sitting out at Target and I was like sitting there feeling sorry for myself. And I'm like, I gotta move. I just, I can't. <laughs> and I have always thought of Arizona as my home, even though I'm from California. And now, you know, I, I just, there's just so many memories and I think college is always going to be a highlight of my life. I just had, I just utilized my college years to so much and I grew so much and I'm so thankful for college giving me that. So I was like, I'm just going to, I think I'm going to move. And the Arizona Republic had been trying to get me back. Well, get me a job there from another networking event. And I was like, heck no, I'm not going back to Arizona. It's so hot there. I will never, <laughs> like not going to happen. And so after I thought that I needed to move, I was like, hmm, they did say there was a job open. So um, I hope people can take some inspiration from this. There, they did say there was a job opening up and it was for like a fashion supplement at the Arizona Republic. But she wouldn't move yet. Like for some reason they hadn't given her her new job. And so I just sent them an email and I said, guess what guys, I'm going to drive out next week. I would like to meet you on this day. Tell me when you're free and let's talk. And so I forced my way in there and had an interview, met with the editors. They loved me and it forced them to finally promote the other girls so I could have her job. <laughs> that's, and that's awesome. That's how I just made things happen. And then I moved out within, you know, a couple weeks. Um, and I've been in Arizona since. So I, Arizona Republic, um, you know, after that, they're kind of like, do you want to, what do you want to write about? And I'm like, I don't want to write about cops stuff or like education. Like it just wasn't my thing. You know, I wanted mm -hmm. to be editor of a magazine in New York and that didn't, didn't happen because um, I had different life changes and what I actually wanted to do and goals. So I decided I actually wanted more money. So, and all my friends started telling me like, Hey, I got this job in marketing and I make X amount. And I'm like, like what? <laughs> that much money. So I decided to move over to marketing. So I worked um, actually for a temporary housing company in their marketing department where I was able to brand their marketing collateral and it was all women, felt like a sorority. It was just fun work all day. Um, it wasn't exactly a glamorous industry, but what I did was really fun. And through that, I negotiated on my fifth year. So this is kind of the story of like reading corporate. My fifth year, I said, I don't want to raise, but by the way, um, I do think it's very important for women to 
ask for a raise every year and ask for a very significant one. Um, I don't know where I get this. My dad is kind of, I mean, he's pretty go-getter, but I think I, I just have it in me. And I just was like, this is what I want. And I would print up every good email that was ever sent to me. And I would do graphs that I would find online of what people were making in the same, same industry, same job title. And I would always get it. And so I just kept moving up and I think it's worth it. It's going to be worth it if you're a valuable employee than them having to go find another person and retrain them. So my fifth year, they offered me a raise and I said, keep your raise. I want every Friday off. And they're like, this is, this is before everybody even worked from home. Like nobody worked from home at this time. And they're like, what? Okay. So you want to work like four tens? I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to have 32 hours a week and you're still going to give me benefits. And they're like, okay, well, I don't even know if that's possible with HR. I'm like, well, you know, get back to me. Let me know. <laughs> I know. And I was really close with the vice president. So I do know, like, there was friendships there. But there was, it's important. If you're going to work at a corporate place for five years, you better have some really good alliances there. You should have relationships. You have relationships with your coworkers, with everybody. It should be like your second family. And so I know, you know, they were looking out for me. And um, she said, okay, we'll do it. So every Friday, I had it off. And as I had Fridays off, I was free to build up my side hustle, which was graphic design. Um, and I did photography at the time. So I was a wedding photographer. I was an everything photographer. Like all photographers start out, like anything that moves, I took a photo of. Um, and so that's where I kind of prepared myself to leave corporate. That is so awesome. I love it. So many good nuggets there. I love that for the negotiations, you came in prepared with graphs and email examples. I think that's something that stops a lot of people from even asking for a negotiation is like, oh, they, one, they don't feel like they deserve one, but two, like they don't even know where to start on like becoming prepared for that. Can you kind of talk about that? So did you save stuff to like throughout the year to show? Yeah. So if you had, like, let's just say you work on a project, this doesn't even matter what industry you're in, you get some accolades, um, great job, whatever, screenshot them, save them in a folder and just save that. Also do your research on what people are, other people in the industry are making. I don't really know what I used at the time. I'm pretty sure you can just Google average salary of X amount. And of course it's going to de depend on education and city location and all these things. But if it is more than what you make, then you're good. You're golden. If it's less than, don't even, don't, don't bring that crap. <laughs> like, I'm just like, don't, don't do that. Um, maybe look at another position. It doesn't have to be the same title, but something that also says the job description of things that you do and the tasks that you do, because that just means that the tasks that you do are equivalent and you should get paid a certain amount. And, um, the worst they can say is no, have a number in mind. Say like, you have to give, spit out a number. I mean, at least five to $10,000, you're typically going to get a raise of 2% anyway, which is probably going to be about two to $3,000 a year. I don't, depending on, you know, so I, and after taxes, honestly, what does that even cover? Not even a handbag, like a new hand, you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like you got to be aggressive and know your value. Um, and don't be afraid to do it because if the worst they could say is no, but in addition to every year that I asked for a raise, I also job searched. I was not afraid to find another job because the best thing you can do is leverage that and be like, well, if they say no, then take the other job. Like why not? The best way to, in my opinion, to jump and have it increase in your income is to actually get another job. 
That is so smart. And that's a great, like almost backup to, to kind of empower you to have those more tough conversations. It's like, Hey, like I already have this in the bag. I've already done research. That's super smart. Love that. And I mean, even if you look around and you don't get any job offers, then maybe you're like, okay, I'm really happy. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) You know, so it, it doesn't hurt either way. Totally. Yes. Okay. So you worked out that awesome deal with getting Fridays off. So eventually you end up doing your own thing full time. So what was that transition like? Did you, was there a little bit of fear there or was it always like, you know what, we're just going to go for it and do it? Well, I would love to be like, oh yeah, I was like, out of here guy. Like that did not happen to me. (laughs) So I had worked for a full year for Fridays off, building the side hustle of two businesses. And I wanted to leave. I did. I just, there's something in me that I was like, I'm going to try to be my own boss. And my dad kept saying like, if you do, you're going to make more money. And I'm like, I don't think that's possible, dad, but okay. So I remember I just didn't have the guts. It was, I don't even know what year it was. Um, It's been over 10 years, so like about 11 years ago. So that was probably after the crash of like 2008. So it wasn't like the smartest time. It's like 2009. Like I want to say it was like 2009, 2010. And I I actually prayed to get fired, to be honest. Like like it came down to the point where it's like, why would you leave this great paying job with all of these Mm -hmm. things? Why would you do that? And so I will never forget. I like was on my knees. And I just prayed and I was like, God, please get me fired. Then I know that I'm supposed to do this. <laughs> and I was like, and if you do, I promise that I will actually put it in the time and actually try. That's it. I was like, that's all I want. And I was like, because I have no guts and I can't do it. And I'm just going to sit here and be miserable then. And like, that's, that was all I did. And I, that was my little prayer. So, um, careful what you pray for. (laughs) So it was right before the new year. I had my, I had my Friday off. Actually, I think I used most of my PTO for the rest of the year because I was like, nah, let's just use it. And I was doing an interview similar to this one about my career and what my goals were for the new year. And I was like, oh, to be an entrepreneur full time. Mm. We end the interview. She leaves my house and I get a phone call from HR. This is not this on my day off. This is not because as soon as I heard it, I was like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) So she was like, sweetie, I know you've been wanting to go for a while. Like I did tell her she wanted to Mm -hmm. fire one of my coworkers and she was a single mom. And I actually told her not to fire her because first of all, I, I knew I could find another job and I didn't want her job. (laughs) Like I didn't want to absorb (laughs) the duties of her. And she sat there and was like, you wait, you're telling me not to fire your coworker because you want to go. I'm like, just hang on, you know, like, and she goes, Mm -hmm. no, 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 you hang on. So I know she told me to hang on so I could get a severance. And so that is what happened. I mean, it wasn't like, it was only like three months severance, but it's still something after five years um, or like five weeks. I think it's what one week per year or something. So that is what happened. And I remember I had the biggest smile on my face when I got off the phone. <laughs> is that weird? Is that like- I think that's like the first time I've ever heard that, but it's awesome. <laughs> I do have to say for the record that I have got let go several times because that's Hollywood. Like, it's like, oh, a show's canceled. You're like, like, I'm, it's, it's not that big of a deal, guys. If it happens to you, extend your hand, stand up, shake your hand, shake their hand. They will be blown away. Be, be classy. And you know, it's nothing personal. So I've been in that situation. So when I, yeah, I had a smile on my face and I was like, okay, well now sink or swim because I got a mortgage to pay and I better get to work. 
That's awesome. So what, I guess, how has like the evolution of your business then, like right, like right at the start going full-time to now, how has it changed? Has your focus shifted at all? Or like what, are, I guess, and also I'm going to ask, what are the biggest learning lessons that you've had too? <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Learning lesson is go with the flow as an entrepreneur. You have to, because, and I'll tell you what I started, I originally started as a graphic designer and I made some invitations. This is before Etsy was huge. So I took custom invitations and made like birthday things, birthday invites and like Chanel theme. I, somebody found my blog post on it a long time ago and I suddenly had all these orders. It was crazy. It wasn't fun, but it was money. And I, you know, you don't say no to money when you're just trying to make a dollar. So I did graphic design. I had so many connections of friends who had businesses and needed websites. Um, I just, all the things I did when I was in high school and college, like dabbling into HTML, I just kept doing it. And so I, oh, in addition, by the way, in um, corporate, it's great to find out if they do any continuing education classes. So my company did. So I took um, some graphic design courses to kind of polish things up and learn another Adobe InDesign program um, and on company time at like, awesome. Phoenix, like college. And like, I have those skills for life that I can take with me. So always inquire. I mean, even if you can't get a raise, ask if they will back a class where you can take a skill that you can take forever. Um, so I took that skill and I started working for like have, taking on clients and other businesses. Um, and then I shot babies I shot everything that moved and paid um, and weddings. And I just did that. But I did it for a few years. I think things crashed. So clients closed down. So I had to pivot from graphic design straight to wedding photography and have that as a source of income. Decided I didn't want to shoot weddings after two or three years. And that was a really hard decision because the money is really good. But what I had to realize was um, I kept my eye on what was happening in the market. And that's also something as an entrepreneur you have to do. Um, I saw, because I also trained, I, I taught online classes to up and coming photographers and some are killing it now. Like they're absolutely rocking it. And I, I don't want to take all the credit, but I'm really, I'm like really excited for them and seeing them do that. But as I watched technology get so much easier and accessibility to these, um, the equipment, I realized that the talent was going to be cheaper than what I could even offer. So I needed to have an exit strategy. And so my exit strategy was, I'm going to go into blogging now. Like I, I, it was still so new and it, there wasn't even any money in it, but I knew that I had to pivot early. And so that's what I did. Um, I didn't pivot as early as most people that we see that are like wildly successful because it just wasn't my time yet. And sometimes I like, I kick myself over this. And I think a lot of us do that because we just think, Oh, if only we did this five years earlier, we'd be ahead of the curve, right? Like if we started a podcast, like when it first came out or if I started the blog when we're pressing, but I didn't know it existed and nor was outfits any interest of mine to share. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have to give ourselves that kind of grace and know that like, it's not your time. It's not, you, you just can't, you just weren't ready yet. And so, um, cause I beat myself up a lot over that, but I think now um, I've pivoted and I am in blogging and I've just stayed true to it because I did, I did it early on. So without getting paid, so I just did whatever the heck I wanted without any rules and worrying about brands looking at it. And I just kept doing it. And so that's really kind of where I'm at. I'm the accidental blogger. Like I know people want to do it now and that's great, 
but I don't think I would even have the guts or the energy to like try to make it now because I'm like, <laughs> it's a lot of work and yeah. I work hard. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that you mentioned that because one of the things I think people underestimate a lot of the time is how much work does go into blogging like or even anything in the creative field. We have so many different types of careers emerging with content creators and creative storytelling and like this new digital era. And I think a lot of people underestimate it that aren't living it, but it's a lot of hard work. Oh, it's like I was on stories all day today. And I just thought, I don't even have time to write because like, it, like you don't. And then when I'm on vacation, I want to document things. People are like, you should do a YouTube too. Like, the, I, like <laughs> the, it's, it's too much. It's so much. And you want to still enjoy life. You know, everyone has different goals. Um, my goal is to do less. <laughs> like I want to, I want to be happy doing what I'm doing. And I, I've already put in a lot of hard work over the years that I want, I'm in the enjoyment stage of my life. And so that's also something that I have to recognize because I do see a lot of people hustling and doing a lot of things and it's fantastic. I mean, I, I've been there. Um, but I have to remind myself cause I do sometimes give myself a hard time thinking that I have to keep up or be doing the same things that they're doing. And I, we have different goals and different phases. Maybe next year I want to like hit the ground running hard, but right now I'm in the enjoying phase of, of our expansion of our garden and just enjoying the things around our house. Right. Love it. Great mindset to have. And that's actually a good transition into, I wanted to talk about Instagram a little Mm -hmm. bit more. Um, So as somebody who you have a following and a community on Instagram and I guess let's dive into like the pros of that. So like what has been like super like awesome for you when it comes to that community? And then how do you combat some of the more, I guess, not as great moments on the platform where maybe people deal with comparison or trying to catch up that feeling of like, oh, I need to be hustling like them. So let's start with like the positives first. What has been like super awesome for you um, using Instagram? I think what's fun is just instantly sharing ideas and realizing that the way people are absorbing, absorbing content is different. I wish people read more blogs. I'm still a blog reader. I... I'm looking for those old souls like me who still want to read words and look at more photos and want how to's and deeper things. And then there's a lot who are just busy and a lot of my blog readers don't have time to read my blog and they tell me, you know, but they're keeping in contact with me on Instagram and that works just as well for me. Um, so I love the connections that I have. What I have found is, okay, so like random, like most recently, you know, I went to Taiwan and I was there for three weeks and I wasn't going to post much about it because last time I went to France, I lost a ton of followers within a week. Like they did really? not. Like I was in France. I don't know what. I it just it. I was very shocked, and I didn't even really focus that I was in France. So I was like, "Wow, okay, didn't know that." So I thought I was going to be quiet about being in Taiwan and just like schedule other things. And one of my girlfriends, who's a blog, she knows. She's like, "You need to post more photos." And I'm like, mm. Okay, so I just started and then I did more stories and I always do everything in the moment. I don't really edit my stories or do too many filters on them because that's honestly, it's too much work. And if I do that, it's a whole nother job and it's a whole, like I'll overthink it and nothing will ever get done. So I just post in the moment. And so I was doing that and I found everyone stuck around for three weeks. Like, I don't know if I already just got rid of the people that I need to get rid of or if it was just me being free and they all love my parents. And I just 
shared parts of a world that people don't normally see. And of course, during the coronavirus, traveling is a little, is very different as the beginning stages of that. Um, but I found that I have been allowed to be me. And my audience have told me, like, thanks for bringing us along. Thanks for sharing your, like, I was like, well, thank you for telling this. Because you don't hear these things when you work yeah. by yourself. You don't even know. And sometimes you post things and you're like crickets and you're like, nobody like me. Like, you know what I mean? You don't know. Totally. Um, so it's really nice to get the DMs. And I, I just say, like, this is the part that I love about Instagram is I love the community on there and the community that I have. They ask questions. They make it fun for me. And when I feel like I'm allowed to post freely, whatever I want, I'm edited and they allow me to enjoy my job more. So I like the connections. I get a lot of their feedback. I listen to, I did not plant a pomegranate tree because that was not suggested because apparently it doesn't look very pretty when it's grown. <laughs> and then I looked it up and I was like, oh yeah, it's kind of woody. Um, and you know me, I'm like, I want my orchard to be beautiful. So I got to yes. Um, so that kind of feedback helps. I, I think, you know, you attract, if you are genuine, which we, I think everybody is on the platform. I mean, I think a lot of it's curated, of course, but it's too much work to not be genuine. So I think we're all pretty genuine on the platform. You will attract the right kind of people that are like-minded kindred spirits. So you can ask them for advice. You can have fun with them. And that's the part that I've really enjoyed with Instagram. I can tell you the bad parts. So the parts that are hard for even a former pageant girl who says she has thick skin, um, I think it's really hard to feel that you're left out because there's so many things on social media. Yeah. And I'm aware of, like, I want to host a party. And I was telling my friends, I want to host parties, but I actually don't want anybody to let anybody else know that I'm doing this if I do one, because I don't want anyone to think that they're not included. Because if you invite a couple influencer friends, you know, they're happy to support you and they just want to Instagram. That's like their life, what they do. But I don't want another influencer who I equally love or I don't know as well, but it's not, doesn't mean anything that I'm trying to create groups. Um, and that's just me always being a very inclusive person. I've always been that girl, like the new girl comes to school and I'm, I don't care if she, whatever about her, she's sitting at lunch with me cause she's not going to be alone. I've just been that girl since high school and she, until she finds her group. And so I'm just such an inclusive person that I think social media sometimes can make us feel excluded. And even the things when people tag other people, you know, and they're like nominating mm -hmm. people and then, like, it's so hard. Like I, I struggle so much with that. Um, whether to be a part of it or not to be a part of it. And I don't really have a solution for it. The only thing that I've, I have written a blog post about it years ago. And just remember, it's not intentional. Um, when people post and when people tag other people, they're not purposely trying to exclude you. Maybe you just didn't come to mind but don't worry about it because there's plenty of other people where you will come to their mind and whether they're influencers or not, I think we have to remember the expectation of friendships that we have on this platform. I had to say this to a, to a girlfriend of mine because um, I think we all struggle with this is we all want to be best friends with everybody yeah. and we want, we want that inclusion, but we, we can't, we can't because if you think of your best friend, your first top two or top five or top 10, um, they're all unique because they are, are. So you can't have a hundred of those. So just treasure those. They don't have to be on social media and just know that and you can have your online friends and you can still be with them at being events and enjoy each other's company because there's, you're always going to enjoy each other's company, but you don't have to be best friends with that person. And that's where I kind of have to remind myself that, um, you can't be best friends with everybody, but you can always support them and still love on them and enjoy their company when you're with them. 
I love that. And that is so true. And I feel like I don't hear about that perspective a lot. Like the, maybe people do, they feel so not included and I don't know if people think about that. So that, that's awesome. I'm like, like have oh. you ever felt that way? Oh, totally. Yeah. And well, and it just depends too. Cause especially if like, you know, like a few of the people that at some event or something, it's like, Oh, like, why didn't I know about that? Or like, yeah. So that's such a good thing to be thinking about. Um, but also I like that perspective too, that like, I'm sure like 99.9999 times out of, out of all of that there, it's not intentional at all. And it's just, it's not putting you down. It's just highlighting someone else. It's not trying to be bad. <laughs> and, and some people, honestly, they do it as a business strategy. Yeah. It's brilliant. I mean, think about it. Comment on all the people who have a million followers. So your name shows up, you know, like tag the people who are super popular. So they repost yours. It's, it's brilliant. It doesn't mean it's not authentic. They might really be friends with that person, but some people, you don't know people's motives. And so don't be upset over that. There's so much more to the story. Mm -hmm, Totally. And that almost to me feels like another thing to be thinking about too, like the balance of it. Like if you are that focused and you're not having fun on Instagram, maybe it's time to take a break a little bit too. Yeah, that's true. I think that's, is knowing, yeah, when you get those bad feelings, why? I always dig like, ask yourself why, 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 why? And then you get down to it. And then for me, I'm always like, well, what does the Bible say about that? And then I'm like, okay, move on, you know? And that's how I compare a lot of my problems and the way that I feel. Mm -hmm. Love that. Such a good perspective. So I want to ask you about organization tips because being your own boss... Being your own boss and having your no one, no one to say like, oh hey, did that get done today? Um, how have you? What are your best organization tips for those of us who struggle? No, okay, struggling like just being organized or actually getting stuff done and making money. Ooh, I like that second one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, we all need to make money. Uh, depending on where we're at, if it's a side hustle, then just have fun because the money will come usually if you're just being organic. So I wouldn't even really necessarily worry about that, but time is money. But if you're having fun, just keep doing it. It's going to be natural. But as someone who is full time right now and has been for over 10 years, it is important to obviously see the money. So, um, I try to stay as organized as possible with Excel sheets. I am a nut about Excel. So I have several streams of income, uh, my graphic design business and photography, blogging. Um, I even rent out my house sometimes for photo shoots and modeling. And now not all of those are equally strong and they ebb and flow every year and every season. And so that's what's important as, as an entrepreneur. And then of course, personally, you need to have like, if there's other areas of income, stocks, property, I mean, we can, you know, all of that stuff you handle. So, um, as an entrepreneur, I am always checking and I have a report for every month in the past last three years of what I've made this year. Let's be honest. It's not going to be good for a lot of us. Um, even if we are blessed to still working, um, it's just the way it is. Um, and so just pad that and then adjust your lifestyle to make sure you don't overspend or you're living on a certain amount of income. And I just hold myself accountable by knowing how much money I need to make. So if I, if this is, if I want to, <laughs> like depending on where you're at in life or if you're over, you know, I'm going to go on vacation for Taiwan. I'm not making for money for three weeks. Like I don't want to, I want to go enjoy life. So those priorities, 
And it will make the difference between if I take that lower rate for that Instagram post or not. Do I, do I, you know, looking at the charts, um, maybe I need to beat a number and that's just motivation. And I don't have to, but maybe knowing how much you make is so important. You need to know how much you make at the end of every month, if not every week, like you normally would with a full-time corporate job. Mm-hmm. So you have to know, you have to know your bills. You need to know numbers. So it's so important. And so that's how I keep organized with, or the motivation, the money for the motivation is all in that staying organized with that um, Excel sheet as well is every single job it's in red. If it hasn't been completed and then I need to invoice it. I use Trello. I don't know if you've ever heard of that yeah. before. So, um, I I'm a big Trello person and cause you can customize it and I'm sure there's some very similar, but every task will be, um, waiting for product product has arrived. Like they slide over. I mean, it's even to that degree, like product <laughs> has arrived because I need to know how many things I'm waiting for. Right. Benjamin to shoot, Heather to shoot. Like who's going to be shooting this? Mm-hmm. Photos taken, need to be edited. Edited photos, time to write the blog post. Blog post drafted, given to agency. Agency approved. Like this is how every Love single it. project goes over. And then it says, um, you know, posted, like scheduled posted because I got to schedule the post or else the day of which many times I do. I'm like, what do I write for the caption? <laughs> I'm spending five hours doing social media that I don't want to do if I just sat down, posted, invoiced to agency, sent thank you card. Like that's how it all goes for every single project that I have um, for blogging. And so if you know whatever your job entails and those tasks and you have multiple projects, I mean, Trello is a great thing to use. And you can invite people to the board. You can put in photos. And that's what I use. That is awesome. I love it. Love all the organization tips. And then we're approaching the rapid fire round. But one last question before, um, what are you excited about? Like, what are you looking, because the digital like landscape is always changing. What are you excited about coming up either for you personally or just stuff you've been seeing like trend wise? I, gosh, excited about, I mean, TikTok's out, but I'm not going to be on TikTok. I don't know. <laughs> I was actually going to ask, <laughs> like, what are your thoughts know. on TikTok? I don't know if I'm cool enough for TikTok. It's, telling me you don't have to be cool enough for TikTok. You don't. It's very awkward, but everyone's awkward. So are I think, okay. Yeah, I am on it. What kind of videos do you put out? Oh, it's so rough right now. Um, I tried doing a TikTok dance. Okay. <laughs> Um, Is there like a recording, like music, and then you just do it? Yeah. Well, I mean, like the app, it's kind of hard to explain, but like every video, like they have this huge music library that you can just like pick from. And then there's like every week, there's like a few new TikTok dances that someone starts. And then you just like do it, which it's so funny. It's so counterintuitive because on every other platform, you want to be as unique as possible. But on TikTok, it's like, oh, wait, I need to learn the dance like that everyone else is doing. It's really interesting. I used to be in dance in high school and then we used to have dance, like a dance routine in pageants before you go out in like opening wear, opening Mm. outfit, swimsuit and evening gown. And I remember in one of my last pageants, I was like, I hope I don't even win Miss Arizona USA. I'm not going to (laughs) any more dances. Like I was done with like eight count dances. So I don't know if I can do that. But there actually are some cool brands doing some cool stuff. It's just like packaging content in a different way. It's not all dances. So like I've done a few like try-ons and I don't know. There's some cool stuff. There's some cool people. I can send you some people. I wonder if I would just do gardening on there. 
Oh yeah, that would be cool. That'd be easy for me. I mean, I did make an account because my screen name was taken already because I'm too slow. To okay, that's it. same. Mine was taken too. I had to flip oh. my name backwards. <laughs> like, this is not good for branding, guys. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I I mean, I'd be open to it. I, I'm actually looking for the next thing. I don't think I'm going to be... I don't know if I would say an influencer forever, whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. I will always be a blogger. I think I'll always have a blog. You know, I love to write. I love to take photos. Blogging is journalism and photography combined, in my opinion. And yeah. that's what I like to do. I've always just been a sharer. So um, websites are just my pretty little thing in my little space online, whether nobody visits it or some people do. So I think I'm going to hold on tight to the blog. It's just going to always be my thing. I think as long as Google exists, blogs will always exist. And that is what I will always stick to. Um, I do love Pinterest a lot. Also another, like, what do you search? Like, engine search. So I enjoy that. Um, I do not get stressed out when I see Pinterest photos at all. Like, you know, some people get anxiety. Yeah. I could be on it for hours. So, um, (laughs) I am, that's my strategy, 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 um, but I don't know what's coming up that's new. I think, I don't know. It'd be nice if this time I jumped on it right early on, <laughs> but you know, we'll see. I think it'll just be natural when it's my time. Then I'll know when it's time to like start on a TikTok. Yes, for sure. Get some of those, those dances in. Uh, so let's head into the rapid fire round. Are you ready for this? So I'm going <laughs> to, it'll either be, <laughs> it'll be like a fill in the blank or a this or that. And you can elaborate on it too. But just the first thing that comes to mind, but yeah, you can elaborate. So we'll, <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, we'll start with an easy one first. Morning person or night owl? I'm a night owl, but I wish I was a morning person. And I'm a morning person when I come back from international travel because I have jet lag. And I I wish I was a morning person. (laughs) I'm a creative. Isn't our creatives always night people? I feel like that's probably true. Computer programmers are like night people. Totally. Um, Favorite person to follow on social media? As a person. Okay. I like, or it could be just a brand or favorite okay. thing. You know, I hit follow on like 50 interior designers. I am so into interior design. Like I, so I, I don't know which the recent one is, but those are kind of my jam is like home interiors. I love that. And I'm not surprised because you're, I love like when you share pictures of your house and of your backyard, it's so pretty. <laughs> I should have just been outside in my garden and done this. <laughs> For sure. Okay, next one. Favorite brand collab you've ever done? So I have been asked this before and I thought about it. Um, okay, actually, it's my college. Ooh, I love that. I mean, the thing is, is, to get paid to go back to college is pretty awesome. So <laughs> I, yeah, uh, University of Arizona reached out. This was two homecomings ago. And I was just elated that like, I mean, college is just such a special part in my life. And I even write it in part of my blog, my about me on my blog of how much it meant to me because I really came out of my shell because of the opportunities that it gave me. And I think a lot of us can say that for um, a lot of our college experience. And when they reached out, I was first of all, like, they know who I am. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, you know, like so many people go to that college yeah. and, um, it was just an amazing club to cover homecoming. And what was pretty funny though, 
is I showed up to all the events dressed as though I was still in college. (laughs) Just just in case any, if any of you go back to your college homecoming, no matter how long you've been out of college, dress professionally because that's what everyone else is doing. (laughs) (laughs) But it was fine. We were okay on some of it, but it was pretty funny. Like we were cracking it because I brought my girlfriend who played volleyball at UVA too. And we had a blast. I mean, that was my favorite collab. It probably still will be because it felt like I got to live college all over again. That is so fun. I love it. Okay. Next one. My day is not complete without. We have to say coffee, right? (laughs) I mean, that's why I'm excited to go to bed. I tell my husband, I'm like, I can't wait to go to bed so I can wake up and drink coffee. (laughs) He's like, okay. (laughs) Favorite book, resource, podcast, something that's had an impact on you that you'd want to share? Because I love interior design. I my favorite podcast is um, How to Decorate, and it's by Ballard Designs. The ladies, there's three ladies on there, and I they interview interior designers, florists, lighting experts. I have learned so much about hosting and home decor on a podcast, which you think would be more visual, mm-hmm. but I, I absolutely adore that podcast. I can listen to it for hours. That is so cool. I'm gonna have to check it out. I love it. I need all the inspo. And brown furniture is back in, which I'm so glad about. Because I'm a very, I am called a grand millennial. I would never call myself a millennial because I'm on like the cusp of like in between. Um, But I'm like the oldest millennial. um, If if I were to like, depending on what age range. And they say there's a style called the grand millennial, which I I read in House Beautiful. And I was like, that's me. It's like the granny style, (laughs) Um, like traditional uh, you know, like prints, wallpaper. I'm like, I feel like I'm being seen. <laughs> That's awesome. And last one, I'm inspired by. I think I'm inspired by my international travels. Like that has definitely played a huge role into everything. My style, my home decor, um, the way that I look at things and the way that I present, the way I garden, everything is influenced by the things that I've seen in different parts of the world. Love it. Also, by the way, like I was one of the people following along on your Taiwan adventures. It was so fascinating. I loved it. And your parents are so cute and funny. <laughs> oh, thank you. I think everyone was there for that. <laughs> I'm like, is anyone going to watch my stuff now that my parents aren't on there? I don't know. I had to get their own Instagram account, which they need to get the password to. But thank you. That was unique. You know, I think a lot of people don't really go to Asia. Mm -hmm. I just think it's not a very common, popular place um, and intimidating for some people. So I think people are really engaged to see it. But it's Taiwan's a great place. I would say, have, have you ever been to Asia? Yeah, I've been to Cambodia and Vietnam. Oh, okay. So that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I've been to Thailand, so it's kind of like along those lines. Yeah. Um, I think people don't really venture out enough for that. So it's really, I would say if you want Chinese culture, which I know the Taiwanese probably not, some people would not like that I said that because there's like Taiwanese and Chinese there, but it is a great place to be um, that's clean and safe and amazing. Like it's, they're so nice over there. My goodness. Like it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, it looked really cool. Once all like once we can travel again, that's like on my list for sure. I was like, wow, that's so and I feel like I never hear about Taiwan ever. So that was really cool to see. I know. And some people are like, wait, where are you? I'm like, it's not part of 
China, no matter what the who says, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great one. My mom's side, um, my mom was born there. And so, I mean, so they, I've been there like a few times growing up, but I never experienced it like the way that I did um, this time around, like remembering it and doing all the things with my parents. Three weeks is a long time. I saw all of it. So when you go, talk to me. I'll tell you everywhere to go. Yes, awesome. I love it. So where can everyone keep up with you? Follow the blog if you want to drop that handle. Yes, I am at dianaelizabethblog.com. D-I-A-N-A, Elizabeth with a Z. And just add blog to it. And my Instagram is dianaelizabeth underscore. Awesome. Thank you so much, Diana. This is so fun. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Diana. Definitely go follow her on social. Her house is so pretty. I love all her like home stuff, garden stuff. It's super fun. So definitely go follow her and a big shout out to her. Thank you, Diana, for being on the show. So last but not least, Friday favorite, which if you are a Disney person, this will definitely resonate. If you're not, you'll be like, what? (laughs) So this week, Disney on ABC, they did the Disney family sing along, which I was a little skeptical, not going to like going to be honest, because, you know, with all this going on, the quality of things isn't great. It's just a lot of Zoom calls. So I didn't know how this was exactly going to go. So they got just a bunch of different artists to perform different Disney songs. And they had the lyrics at the bottom so you could sing along if you wanted. I didn't really. Well, I guess I didn't really sing along, but I loved watching it. And so they had Ariana Grande do Won't Say I'm In Love from Hercules, which is such a throwback. Great, amazing song. And they had Beyonce say sing they had the cast of high school musical so it was just a great time and it really brought back the disney nostalgia so now this weekend definitely gonna go get on disney plus and watch some of those old movies so if you are a disney person definitely go re-watch some of the scenes it'll just bring back that disney magic and just remind you how much we miss disneyland <laughs> so that's my friday favorite this week thank you so much for listening to the show thank you so much for 50 episodes for tuning in every week. Super appreciate it. If anything resonated with you today, please share it with a friend, copy the link to this episode, text it to a friend, share it with a friend, someone who needs it, someone who needs to hear Diana's story and message, leave a review for the podcast, follow the podcast on social media at Working Girl Talk, all the things you know where to find us. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you next week.